0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Radically Normal. This is Michael, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with Andre. On this episode, we talk about sleeping in, and more importantly, God's jealousy, and how that relates to His glory and your joy. We hope you enjoy the conversation. What's up, Radically Normal? I hope everyone's having a good day. This is Andre here. This is Michael, but hold on. You aren't going to tell everybody? Tell everyone what? We are going to start recording at 10 a.m. this morning, and you texted me at 10.06. I just woke up.
1: Dude, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> what happened was I just, like, didn't hear my alarm or maybe just snooze through it too many times, but then I realized it was already, like, past 10, and there was just, like, no hope, so I knew I just had to, like, roll over and just give myself proper time to wake up and eat breakfast.
0: We have a couple friends that'll laugh if they hear us referencing them without names, but we have some other friends that definitely sleep through a lot of things, but have you ever slept through a class?
1: Um, okay, so... My spring of freshman year and fall of sophomore year, I had an 8 a.m. class all five days of the week. And so sometimes if I knew I was going to be late, I would just roll back in bed and fall back to sleep and just skip. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: That's kind of crazy. I think my sleeping is really weird. During the night, I never wake up to a storm or to rain or anything. But then if somebody walks in the room and says, Michael, it's time to get up in a normal voice, then I wake up immediately and I'm always up as soon as the alarm rings,
1: which I've never understood how I can be a heavy and light sleeper at once. But dude, at this point I can sleep like literally any time. Just like have a nice face mask, put it on top of my eyes. Wait, pitch black. a face mask? What yeah. is this about? It's like a sleeping mask, you know, like you just put it over your eyes and it makes everything pitch black.
0: Maybe down the road in this season or in the next one, we'll have to do a uh, listener poll on face masks while sleeping. Dude, it, it's a little, little peculiar.
1: It is literally a game changer. Like I didn't, I was skeptical at first, but then Chris convinced me and um, yeah, ever since then I use it every single night. Well, that's really interesting, but
0: since I can't really get on board with the whole face mask thing, I'm glad I can get on board with what we're talking about. So what are we talking about today?
1: So what this episode is, is basically Mike and I are going to pick a topic and we're going to go back and forth on it. Uh, We each got a few notes about a theological topic that we thought would be interesting for everyone. And we're just going to have a discussion about it, basically. So today we're going to talk about
0: God's jealousy. So how would you kick that off for people or explain it to people?
1: I think the biggest thing I saw when I was going through some different commentaries and notes and reading through my Bible and looking for stuff was it kind of reminded me of back in high school when we had the Bible study that you were leading and it was about all God's character traits all the like different we talked about several of them Um, I don't remember if we talked about jealousy but I know that you had said that God's character traits aren't something that he can turn on and off so basically we know that this is one of God's character traits because in the Bible it says um, that it is and I think it's in Exodus 20 maybe?
0: Yeah, I'll read it. So it's here in Exodus 20. The context is God ushering out the Ten Commandments, and I'll read from verse 3 to verse 5. The scripture says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me.
1: So basically what I got from that was, since I know that this is a, that jealousy is a character trait of God and it's not something he can just turn on and off. Basically the two options are either he's jealous for us or he's not jealous for us. And if he wasn't, that would mean he wouldn't really care if we had, we were worshiping other idols or if we weren't really like glorifying him. And if he was, he'd have to be jealous all the time, and it would just be something that is.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, that it's just there, because jealousy nowadays often has a negative connotation. Maybe you've been in a relationship where jealousy was a really big problem. But in our relationship with the Lord and God's relationship with the people he's created, the jealousy is a good thing, because it would be unloving, like you said, if he didn't care when we love our idols more than we love him. So somebody who wrote really well about this is John Calvin and his Institutes, and he's basically talking about the picture in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and other books where we see God's relationship with his people, given the comparison of marriage and adultery, kind of a spiritual metaphor, perhaps, and he says, "...the Lord who has wedded us to himself in truth manifests the most burning jealousy whenever we, neglecting the purity of his holy marriage," become polluted with wicked lusts. But he especially feels this when we transfer to another or stain with some superstition, the worship of his divine majesty, which deserve to be utterly uncorrupted. So Calvin's saying, we neglect God's majesty and God burns with jealousy when we turn to idols. And that might sound really strong, but when we get down to the point, when we turn to idols, we know we're turning to something that is less
1: satisfying than God. And I think something to build off of that and you can give you can comment on this too is that the jealousy is not the same like you said of how we kind of think of it today but more so God is jealous for our joy in him. So I like, kind of wonder your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, so I think whenever God is doing something in the world or you're thinking about God working in the world for the kingdom, God is always doing things A, for his glory, and B, for our joy, and those two things go together. His glory and our supreme satisfaction meet at the same point, because if God is all that is good, all that is love, and Jesus says we find that abundant life in him, then our joy is summed up in glorifying God. The only other way I could think of putting it is the Desiring God tagline from John Piper, which is, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, a big part of it in the Old Testament was that God was jealous because people were worshiping idols, but kind of talk a little bit about the relevance in the New Testament, also the relevance to today. Um, at least for me, I think maybe God is still, the application could still be that God is jealous when we don't do things for his glory, but instead for our own glory, but like, what's your, what kind of what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, two things. One, you said your own glory, and I think that that is a good point. When we think of us being for our own glory, that sounds utterly selfish and wicked, and it is. But when God is for his own glory, like I said, that is utterly right, because God is God. He is the infinite, majestic being who deserves all worship. And then the second thing is that it's the same as in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, maybe their idols looked like carved images or the golden calf or anything like that. But today we have just as many idols, say, in Western Christianity, whether that be material items or that be other people. You know, we're always looking to um, other people in relationships or we're looking to items, material goods or politics or just anything to satisfy that hole in our heart that only God can fill. So turning to any of those idols, we can still see today that God would be jealous for our joy in him today because we still Look to other idols. We're still idolaters. We're still adulterers in this spiritual sense.
1: So, you kind of think that it's kind of the same across Old Testament to New Testament?
0: Yes, I do. I think maybe the idols might look different because you saw a bit of polytheistic culture, a bunch of things about images, especially, you know, leading up before we got to, say, the Enlightenment era. But we have so many idols today. So, I think that there's a big continuity there. I still think that God is jealous for our joy in, um, the sense of us just being satisfied in him. And I think that is true, just like it was in the old Testament, because we still turn to idols. We still turn to things beside him.
1: And I think like a good place to start when we think of kind of where we fit into God's jealousy and that character trait of him is, I think a good place to start is that God wants us to trust him through good times, through bad times. And instead of being prideful and relying upon our own understanding, relying upon our own ability to figure things out, he wants us to trust him and like rely on Him, I think that's a like kind of a good place to start when it comes to where we fit into God's jealousy.
0: Yes, I definitely think that's true because what we're really saying when we don't turn to Him or when we do turn to idols is, hey, you're not enough to satisfy me or, hey, you're not going to fill this void in me or this is going to bring me more satisfaction. And that's true in Andre and I's lives. That's true in everybody's life. We turn to other things to fill that void because we're saying to our idols – you're going to make me more satisfied than God is. But like Andre said, or like you just said, we, we turn to those things and that, that exemplifies that we aren't trusting God. So I think it does really come back to trusting the Lord and then trusting his
1: commandments, trusting what Jesus teaches, that those are the things that lead to an abundant life. And for me, I think a big thing is that a lot of times, at least in my life, I'll try really hard to get a certain goal accomplished and, and, In the end, if it doesn't work out how I initially wanted it to work out, and if I see myself start praying about it, even if at times it's not like the first thing I do, but if I get there eventually and start like relying more on God and not on my own, then I see that sometimes the plan changes, but it ends up being something that I would have wanted even more and that would have benefited me even more. And it just shows me how a lot of times God's plan is something that we need to look to at the beginning because ultimately his is better than ours. And just an example for me is um this past year I've been looking for some like work opportunities and all that kind of stuff and I really thought that I wanted to really um work in the spring of 2020 and I didn't end up getting the opportunities that I wanted to and I was really down about it and didn't really know what to do started praying about it and eventually ended up getting an opportunity for the fall of 2020 which is next fall and it was different than what I initially wanted but it ended up working really great because I got to work on a lot of different friendships and relationships in college and at, like, the church I go to. And I got to see how I gained more experience in my classes and was better prepared for that future opportunity. And it wasn't what I initially wanted because I thought I would be better served working earlier than later. But eventually I realized that this was a better plan and I ended up in a better, like, work location, which was going to better serve me because it was in a city instead of in a rural area. And it ended up working out better for me. And I never even knew that that could have been even a possibility. So I don't know if you have any examples of that of just like trusting God and not turning to other things or turning to yourself in your own life. But I guess that's like kind of where I'm coming from, where I see it.
0: Yeah, I think for me, just when I think about it, it, I really just think about the the day to day things. I really like that you had a big story there. But like, if I just think recently, I think I just really think about day to day things about just, you know, maybe I don't think that, you know, I want to pray right now, or I'll pray later, or I'll read later, or, you know, I'll listen to this sermon later, or I'll do any of those things, but I I go back to the fact that God is jealous for my joy, God is jealous for his glory, and those two things coexist, and not just coexist, but literally collide, because they happen at the same point, so when I keep that in mind, then, then when I, you know, Engage in spiritual disciplines, as a lot of people call them, those things actually bring about the most joy possible because those are the things that are honoring God in my own heart the most.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think one thing also to point out is that I remember when we had our Bible study, it was like week to week, but you always reminded that you can't just look at one of God's character traits and just focus in on that one super specifically and just make a bunch of decisions about it, but like about your life just depending on that one thing, but you have to look at all of them all together. And some of other, God's other characteristics are love, forgiveness, etc. So just because he is jealous and he wants us to have that deep personal relationship with him and he wants us to turn to him, like obviously all of us are going to make mistakes. We're going to blunder when we try to come to this like realization of fitting into God's jealousy. But we also have to remember that God is forgiving. God is loving. Um, God knows that we're going to make mistakes. He's like wants to forgive us. He wants us to like be on a path of um, like being more like Christ. He doesn't want us to be, he, does, he knows that we're not perfect.
0: Right. I definitely, the cross, I like that you mentioned that. One thing that people will say is that all of God's characteristics or a lot of them, basically all collided or were visible in the cross, that his wrath and judgment was poured out on the sun as he displayed mercy Justice and love for us—that that you know—it says in Romans five, God shows us love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we see a lot of that happen at the cross, and that's like the pinnacle of the faith. So I think I think that's a really good point. And if you're just thinking about Jesus's own life, like yeah, maybe God said it in Exodus twenty, but was Jesus jealous? Well, in John chapter two, we see Jesus—you know—in the temple, and he's flipping tables because you know they're not worshiping God properly in his holy place in the temple. So he's even jealous for proper worship to belong
1: to the father as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And it just shows that Jesus, he wanted us, he wants us to also act like to emulate how Jesus lived his life and Jesus lived a life that he wanted people to glorify God. And so that's what he wants us to do as well.
0: Right. So as we follow Christ and we're just thinking about this, I think J.I. Packer, he has an amazing book called Knowing God. If you're, if you're unfamiliar, I'd check it out. But he has, he has a chapter on the jealousy of God, or he calls it the jealous God, and he has a Christian response to God's jealousy. His first point is the jealousy of God requires us to be zealous for God, that we should love him rightly, uh, declare his gospel to the nations, that we should um, be be zealous that everybody would know about his glory and that he would be honored among us. And then his second one is the jealousy of God threatens churches which are not zealous for God. Basically saying our churches should be zealous for God's glory and that should be the thing that they are most focused on. So I think that's a good application for Christians just thinking through, well, how does God's jealousy apply for me today and how do I live my life as a result? He's for his
1: glory and he's for your joy. I hope everyone enjoyed this discussion in this format and I think it's probably something we're going to do in the future. I think it went really well. Uh, maybe not how we expected, but we kind of, it kind of ended up working out really well.
0: Yeah, for sure. So thanks for tuning in to our first episode where we just talked about theology. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the discussion and we'll be back soon with another episode in the book of Nehemiah.